today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. 2022, it's likely that there'll be more disorder and more chaos. But for those who will not be shaken by it, they will experience the open hand of God and in a time of scarcity, they will be enjoying a time of plenty. In 2022, it's likely that there'll be more disorder and more chaos. But for those who will not be shaken by it, they will experience the open hand of God and in a time of scarcity, they will be enjoying a time of plenty. Let's give the Lord a good shout, praise God. Now, Is that going to happen to everybody in the body of Christ, Brother Jerry? No. God wants it to happen to everybody in the body of Christ. But we have something we must do. Expect it. The eyes of all are upon thee, and thou givest. Amen. Expect it. If you're not expecting it, then it's not likely to happen. Now, if you're expecting the wrong things... That's what will probably happen to you because it's a proven fact. You get what you expect. Can you say amen? Amen. Uh, I'm going to do a sermon here soon. I've already got the title. Maybe you need an attitude change. Amen. Maybe you need an attitude change. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 6 Verse 17 says, speaking of God, he giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Gives us richly all things to enjoy. Hallelujah. To enjoy. Praise God. He he gave me my home to enjoy. He gave me my automobile to enjoy. Everything I have has a testimony. Everything. Everything in our house has a testimony. Uh, I, was, I was showing Ronnie Caldwell, uh, Happy's, Jeannie's son, just took him briefly into my, he said, I want to see your museum. I took him in there and, and showed him just briefly. I didn't have time to give the $10 tour. <laughs> but uh, just briefly, and I said, Ronnie, everything in here has a testimony. It has a favor story behind it. Yes. Everything. And he gave it to me to enjoy. And I really enjoy talking about it to people who enjoy it. Amen. That that don't get jealous. Don't get upset. Well, why did God give him that? And I don't have it. Well, I can tell you what. Probably had something to do with that attitude. Maybe you need an attitude change. <laughs> huh? that, that 50s diner up on the second floor. I've dreamed of building that for years because I'm a product of the 50s. I like diners. I like hamburgers and I like malts. Yeah. 
Carolyn and I used to go to the Dairy Queen and my 57 Chevrolet and have malts and hamburgers and shakes and uh, cherry Cokes. Yeah, hallelujah. So I still have a 57 Chevy and I have a diner and I got a lovely girl to share it with. Hallelujah. I tell her all the time, after all these years, you're still my girlfriend. <laughs> Amen. God wants you to enjoy life. Well, if he's going through what I'm going through, how do you know I hadn't been through it? We didn't start out with where we are now. Where were you when I was first moved to Fort Worth and would go hunt down the road Coke bottles to sell so my babies would have milk? Oh, nobody tells that. Ah, Jerry Savalli just talks about, shut thy mouth. <laughs> Where were you? When, when we didn't have gas for the car? Where were you when we didn't have money for diapers for the babies? Where were you when we didn't have food on the table? Where were you when we didn't have a table to put food on if we'd had food? We moved to Fort Worth with nothing. A lot of it bounced out of the trailer on Interstate 20, and I was so ashamed I just left it. I didn't even go get it, because it's just junk. We got to Fort Worth and didn't have a refrigerator, didn't have a dining room table, nothing. And A.W. Copeland, Brother Copeland's dad, went down to a, a, a used furniture store and bought us a, a, a table and chairs and, and a family from Grace Temple, Harold Nichols Church, came over because we lived not too far from them. They came to welcome us. They saw we didn't have anything. And they went back and got the refrigerator out of their camping trailer. It's about this big. So we'd have a refrigerator. And I got a, I got a, a it was actually a bumper sticker that Oral Roberts was giving to everybody that would write to his ministry. And it said, expect a miracle. I didn't put it on my bumper. I put it on that refrigerator. <laughs> so every time you, every time you went to the refrigerator, you said, oh, Shandai, oh, Lord. I'm expecting a miracle. <laughs> Brother Copeland came because I've come to go to work with Brother Copeland. And I'm leaving the next day. We had time just to set this up and leave the next day. And I'm going to be gone three weeks. And I left Carolyn and the babies with $3. That's all I had. And she went to Grace Temple and gave it in the offering. If it doesn't meet your need, make it seed. Yes. Amen. And Brother Copeland come over. And uh, I said, Brother Copeland, you like something to eat? What you got? Bologna? <laughs> yeah, give me a piece of bologna. He ate two or three pieces of bologna. Then her aunt and uncle came a little later after I got back in town, and we didn't have anything. And, and Stanley and I, her uncle, we loved ice cream. We had ice cream eating contest. <laughs> And I was little, but boy, I could eat. And I, I never gained an ounce back then, you know. And uh, Stanley went and bought two half gallons of ice cream. And then we remember when we got it home, we don't have a freezer. 
So we had to eat it all. <laughs> oh, happy day. <laughs> so don't tell me I hadn't been there. I have been there. And what I did while I was there is what got me where I am today, praise God. Amen. I didn't, I didn't blame God. I didn't get mad at God. I didn't quit. We just stuck with it. Stuck with it. We, we read that all these blessings will come on thee and overtake thee. And nowhere in there did it say, you know, if you're, if you're already wealthy or if you're already well off, no, it was my promise from God when I didn't have a dime. And I believed him, praise God. And I expected it. And God never let us down. Hallelujah. I wouldn't take anything for those days, but I'm sure glad they're over. Hallelujah. And that's the reason why I can be generous to people today who are in those kind of days. One of my favorite things to do is buy people's meals in restaurants. Because I remember when we couldn't go to the restaurant, we'd come over here to hear Brother Copeland at Grace Temple. Didn't have a dime. Had enough money put in the car and Carolyn made peanut butter crackers. And we got over here at Grace Temple and in between services, people going to the restaurant and having dinner and lunch. We sat in the car in the church parking lot eating our peanut butter crackers. And it wasn't all that bad because when the next service started, you got the best seats because we already there, praise God. Yeah. And then Brother Copeland said, why don't you and Carolyn go to lunch with us? Well, he didn't say he's buying, so I don't know if I'm supposed to go or not. Because if he said, and you're buying, I was hesitant to, to answer. And we didn't tell him we didn't have any money for lunch. He said, won't you and, you and Carolyn go to lunch with Glory and I? He said, and I'm bad. I said, that's God. Let's go. <laughs> we went to El Chico's on Berry Street. How many of you remember El Chico's on Berry Street? It's the best Mexican meal I'd ever had because he's bad. <laughs> Amen. But now, but now, and but God. One of my favorite things to do is bless people and, the, and many times do it and don't even tell them and just walk out and tell the waitress it's been taken care of. Amen. Because I've been there. I know what it's like. Hallelujah. But God has proven that when he opens his hand, he gives liberally. Somebody give the Lord a shout if you believe it. Amen. Now, the message translation says, he pours on all the riches we could ever manage. How much can you manage? The passion translation says, he lavishes upon us all good things, fulfilling every need. Lavishes. Our God is a lavish God. Now, Back to Psalm 145, the Passion Translation says, speaking of, of God in verse 8, you're kind and tender-hearted. 
to those who don't deserve it and ever uh, and very patient with people who fail you. That's why it says he's compassionate. He's of tender mercies. God will bless you even when you don't deserve it. God will bless you even when you fail him. But don't expect that to continue by if you continually disappoint him and fail him. You know, there, there's times when with your own children, you overlook, but then you say, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you this time. I'm going to bless you this time. But I expect you to correct what you're doing wrong here. Amen. Amen. My dad used to tell me, son, if I catch you drag racing in the street, and that 57 Chevrolet, I'm going to take the keys away from you. You have to ride that stupid school bus. Well, I didn't think dad would find out. <laughs> and I raced everything that moved. And we had our own drag strip down in the 70th Street. Started at the railroad track and came all the way back. We marched off a quarter of a mile. Painted red on the highway, on the road. <laughs> and people standing on either side with flashlights when we went by to let us know we'd gone a quarter of a mile. <laughs> and I'd come home. Dad'd still be up, sitting in the den. And I'm headed for my bedroom. Did you beat that 62 Impala? I said, what 62 Impala? That white one with the red interior, license plate number. Dad, how do you know all this? I said, he said, son, I work on every cop's car in this town. They call me and say, Jerry's racing again. <laughs> oh, man, get the keys out and throw them to him. Go to my bedroom. I got to ride that dumb bus in the morning. And I got the hottest 57 Chevrolet in town. I get in bed and the light comes on. My dad come in and say, Thank a run, wonder boy. Throw me the keys back. <laughs> Don't ever do it again. <laughs> it's just more fun in the street. Dad raced legally. <laughs> I liked it in the street. <laughs> in fact, when my dad went home to be with the Lord, I had a 57 Chevrolet, and I had a 56 Chevrolet, like the one he gave me in my first car. And I put them both outside this doors here. People had to walk in when they came to honor my dad when he went home to be the Lord. And the last thing I did at the end of the ceremony, this casket was right here, open casket. I walked over, put my keys to my 57 Chevrolet in his hand. I said, Dad, hold them. I'll get them when I join you in heaven. <laughs> Amen. But Dad's punishment... <laughs> was about 15 minutes. Now, mom, that's another story. <laughs> you know, mama, uh, she'd tell dad what I did wrong when your daddy gets home. Anybody ever heard that? When your daddy gets home. Carolyn used to do that with the girls. I'd come home. When your daddy gets home. And she'd tell me what they did. I said, come on, girls, let's go to the bedroom. Go pick out a belt. 
<laughs> and they'd pick out the cloth belt. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't kill a fly. I say, now, bend over on the bed and holler like you're being beaten <laughs> so your mother will hear it. Oh, oh, and it, it didn't, it didn't, it wouldn't hurt a fly. I say, now, don't ever do that again. And I'd walk out, I said, it's taken care of. Come on, how many of you daddies did the same thing? Amen. But I did expect them to change. I did expect them to grow up. And God expects the same with us. Can you say amen? amen. All right, now, let's go look at an example in 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. You're all familiar with this story, I'm sure, of God taking care of his own in difficult times. Now, this is the story of Elijah. And it actually takes place during a drought. And yet, during a drought, Elijah experiences God's provision time and time again. I wrote in my notes, it was a crucial time in history of Judah or in the history of Judah and Israel. It looked as though the worship of the true God might be completely eliminated. I think it's interesting that the name Elijah means Yahweh is my God. Yahweh is my God. And he was about to show the people not only that God was his God or that Yahweh was his God, but also that he could provide no matter what the conditions were. Amen. Throughout this story, you see God providing again and again. Now, let's start with verse 1, and let's just look at the latter part of it. There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So there's a drought, and notice it's going to last years. A drought would indicate difficult times, okay? And then it says in verse 6 that earlier in the chapter, it says that God told him to go to the brook Cherith. And in verse 6, it says that uh, God had promised to sustain him. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And notice how God is supplying. God is providing for him even in difficult times. And notice God is capable of doing it supernaturally. It wasn't people bringing Elijah bread and flesh. It was ravens. God could talk to ravens and tell them to bring my prophet food in the morning and food in the evening. And did you notice the birds don't argue with God? They didn't stand up and say, we did it yesterday. Get, get the squirrel to do it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's, only, it's only people that argue with God. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I think he was talking to you, not me. <laughs> and so they did that up until the time that the brook dried up. But notice how God was a step ahead. When the brook dried up, verse 8, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have. That's past tense. I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. So God was already a step ahead of the brook drying up. I have. He'd already told this widow woman. Now that's an interesting statement because traditionally and historically, widow women don't have enough for themselves, much less somebody else. And what is God doing? He's proving, I can take care of you even when the natural circumstances don't indicate it. And he went to a widow woman and said to Elijah, I have commanded her to sustain thee. Now, when he got to the widow woman's house, without taking the time to read all this, when he got to the widow woman, he found her gathering sticks. And she said to him, I'm gathering sticks that I might make a little cake for me and my son. We're going to eat it and die. Now, wouldn't you think when you heard that, we're going to eat it and die, but God told me you were going to sustain me? It must not have been God. It must have been something birds brought me. Didn't sit well on my stomach. No, he said, go and do what you have said, but make me a little cake first. Now, if CNN would have been there, prophet takes what a woman's last meal, stands and watch her and her son die, and then moves on to the next city so he can do the same thing. Now, Isaiah 44, or Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Notice every time God mentions his hand, he's talking provision. He's talking taking care of his own. The message translation says, don't panic. I put that in capitals. Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady and keep a firm grip on you. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And the message translation says, he won't let you down. He won't leave you. Don't be intimidated and don't worry. I'm going to read that one again. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. Don't be intimidated. Don't worry. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
And then the Passion Translation says, don't yield to fear. That's good advice. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Can you say amen? amen? Now, folks, I'll close it with this. I haven't read one scripture from First Jerry. I'm reading from the Bible. I've, I've given you my opinion. I've given you my commentary. And I've given you my testimony. But I'm not the one who wrote these things. God did. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. I just happen to believe it. And I just happen to act on it. And God just happens to honor it. Hallelujah. Give him your best shout. Praise God. How can you overcome the storms and challenges of life? How can you be victorious against Satan's attacks? Today's special offer, the Open Hand of God special package, contains Jerry Savelle's brand new four-part audio series, Open Hand of God, along with his revealing book, Show Me Your Glory. In this special package, Jerry teaches how to have unshakable faith, how to know God's will, how God's glory brings miracles, and how to overcome any adversity. Learn how God will open His hand and freely give to those who refuse to be shaken in the midst of chaos and disorder. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Open Hand of God special package. Discover how God will satisfy you with everything you need. Regardless of the hardships and troubles around you, God's open hand will cause you to win. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I pray that the lesson has been so beneficial to you, inspiring to you. And I trust, praise God, that you will position yourself to experience this prophetic word this year. God wants to open his hand and he wants you to experience unusual, extraordinary and supernatural provision. It can happen to you. It's happened to me. It's happened to other people who've heard me preach this. And praise God, it can happen to you. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. Now, if you want to continue studying this message, it is available to you on four CDs talking about the hand of God representing provision. Every time you see the phrase hand of God in the Bible, most of the time it's talking about provision. But this is what God wants to do for you. This year, unusual, extraordinary, and supernatural provision, four CDs. Then right along with it, a book that I wrote a couple of years ago entitled, Show Me Your Glory. When you talk about the glory of God, it is the manifestation of the goodness of God, the presence of God, and the power of God. This goes right along with the series on the hand of God. So this is our resource package that you can order today. And I wanna to encourage you to do it while it's fresh on your mind. The resource package, once again, the hand of God. So all the information for ordering is on the screen or you can contact us at jerrysavelle.org and please do it right away while it's fresh on your mind because I know these messages will continue to inspire you. I want to thank you for watching today. I want to thank all of my partners for believing in us and helping make this all possible. You're a vital part of this ministry. You help us reach the world. 
with a message of faith. Thank you. God bless you. And I'll see you again soon.